Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Hello and welcome back to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And this week we are going to be discussing the book News of the World by Paulette Giles. So, uh, yeah, what do you what do you got going on with the coffee this week, girly? Well, I do have um, my standard just tweaked a little bit because, uh, you know, last time I told you that I tried the stuff that you had had given me um, from yes. Michigan, which was really, really good. However, it was so strange. I after I had it, I got a headache and I haven't had caffeine in like quite a while. So I was yeah. like, oh, that's weird. You know, maybe I just got a headache yeah. that day. And then the next day I was like, well, I'm going to try it again. <laughs> so uh, genius here. Uh, tried it again. Got, a, you know, another headache. Uh, and I was like, I guess I can't have as much caffeine as I used to. So what I did was I I mixed it like I did half of that and I did half of like a Christmas blend. Okay. And, um, and like decaf. Yeah, it was decaf and that turned out really well. So that has been my new thing the last couple weeks. Um, the nutcracker, um, Mm -hmm. blend with the Christmas blend and they work really well together. And Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's good. What about you? Good. Um, it's interesting that you were getting headaches from caffeine because a lot of times you hear about people yeah. getting headaches from withdrawal. Yes. Of ca- you know. Well, when I first went off it, I did have withdrawal and I I okay. got headaches, but that okay. was months ago, and I've had I've had decaf since then. So, yeah. you know, I so guess your body my, adjusted. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, that's a good thing. Remember that? Who is that? Oh, my gosh. Is that Martha Stewart? Yes, Martha Stewart. It's a good thing. Yes. Oh, my word. (laughs) For some reason, I was thinking Ina Garden. I don't know why. Oh, no. I'm like, (laughs) get yourself some good vanilla. Some some good Hampton vanilla. From the Hamptons. From the Hamptons. Because everything has to be from the Hamptons. And make sure it's good mayonnaise, because don't use <laughs> inferior mayonnaise. Oh, man. Anyway, I don't know what why that made me think of that. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm doing kind of an old throwback to the beginning of Corona, uh-huh. which feels like about 20 years ago. Yes, so, you know, fact, feels, it feels like even a year ago. Yeah, it feels vintage, really. Yeah, vintage. Um, and I <laughs> I made some uh, Delgona coffee, which mm-hmm. I don't know if we've talked about that on here. But for those of you who don't know, it's it's basically like, I guess, I think it comes from South Korea. But anyway, like on, I think somebody on TikTok or something mm. sh- showed them making this coffee from instant coffee. Yes. Um, while everybody was in quarantine and nobody mm-hmm. wanted to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, so you take instant coffee and some sugar and then like boiling water and you whip it up and it, I don't know why, but it whips up yep. and it becomes this like whipped mixture. And then you just pour that on top of um, like some kind of milk. You could use any kind mm-hmm. and it can be hot or cold milk. So, you know. some so that's what I did. I just I came did some... to your house. You made me one and it was yeah. really good. Yeah, it is good, but it's it's very strong. So it like is. you have to almost focus on trying to get down to the 
milk with every sip because otherwise i mean it's just really really strong you wouldn't think that it would be that strong because you're not using much instant coffee but for some reason just by itself i guess it's super strong yeah it it really is i kind of like it though but it's not an everyday kind of thing yeah well i'm not a huge instant coffee person so I never was. And again, I mostly just tried it because that yeah. was kind of the new little thing yes. making the rounds for a while there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't use instant coffee normally. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just sitting there in my shelf, you yeah. know, <laughs> from when I yeah. tried this. I'm like, I'll try it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can find a good instant coffee that you really like. I I tried some that I did not like. So maybe that's oh, really? okay. kind of you know, through me a little yeah. bit because I tried it a couple times and when I made it, I didn't okay. like it, but when you made it, I did. So huh, maybe okay. I was doing something wrong. <laughs> no idea. And I don't know what I would have used for you, but yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so that kind of leads us into our next thing. Yeah. Um, normally we would do a dessert uh-huh. that kind of pairs good or would pair well with the book. Right. Um, but this book, um, we kind of decided we wanted to just talk about coffee because it sort of lends itself to that with this book. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I would love to. Um, so in this book, it talks quite a bit about, you know, the wild Texas frontier, 1860s time frame, a little before, a little after. And um, this man that... Uh, you follow his his story a little bit and he was in three different wars i believe and one of them was the civil war and it kind of just got me thinking i wonder you know what they did for coffee during the civil war because it talked about him making coffee mm-hmm. you know on the on the trail and stuff as he was yep. um traveling so i did a little research and um come to find out apparently coffee was like huge during civil war time and um yeah you know that kind of started early 1800s um and then uh during the civil war the north was able to get a little bit more coffee rations and the south was not able to so the south kind of had to come up with different ways of making coffee like they would use like sweet potato peels and they would leave them out in the sun and then they would grind them up which doesn't sound like it would taste like coffee at all but I guess they were just trying to go for like (laughs) the idea of coffee or something because they didn't have okay you know they didn't have um any sort of coffee so yeah, uh, they, which makes sense because of all the blockades and stuff. Yeah, um, that yeah. they wouldn't be able to get real coffee beans as easily. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, the one of the articles that I looked up actually talked about all the different things that they would try and use in the South for. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I know chicory was a big one. Yes, that and was. And then, um, yep. In fact, didn't I mean? Isn't the um, have you ever heard of Cafe du Cafe du Monde? I don't think so. Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. It's a famous um, cafe in New Orleans. Okay. Oh, that makes sense because they were talking about how New Orleans is uh, was the like hub of you know where coffee was imported into. 
That, yeah, that makes sense. Um, especially, you know, because being a Southern yeah. power, you know, yeah. um, they had control of it. So I know in at Café du Monde, they have a pretty well-known coffee, and it's just called Café du Monde. Okay. And I think you can buy it on shelves anywhere, you know, Walmart or mm. wherever. Um, and it's, I believe, it's chicory. Okay. Coffee. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it uses real coffee beans, and okay. I probably. I'm assuming it probably kind of came about as a result of you know the blockades and stuff. Yes. But maybe it was even before that. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, they um, apparently they used like that was one of the main things that they would try and use. But they also used like uh, cotton seed, potato peels. Really. Uh, malted barley roasted acorns huh. like they tried a bunch of different things um, huh. okay so yeah i thought that was really interesting but they did in one of the articles i read they did talk about how the north it became part of their ration um i think it was president yeah. jefferson that uh made it a part of the the started making it a part of rations like you know, huh, okay rations um, yeah but what they would do was they would roast the beans if they were green and then they would grind the beans with like a rock or the rifle the butt of the rifle and some rifles okay. even they started to design them to where well it wasn't for coffee but they would have a grinder at the end like a hand grinder and it was supposed no. to be like to grind uh uh like grain for horses but they would use it as a coffee grinder and that is hilarious yeah and um and then they after they ground the beans um they would put it in water put it in a pot bring it to a boil over the fire and before drinking it they would either put like they would strain it through a cloth or they would let the grounds just settle at the bottom and just kind of skim off the grounds if they needed to. But yeah. a lot of them, um, because they liked to put have like a sweeter cup, they would put the sugar in while, like before it boils. so that With the coffee yeah. itself. Okay. Yeah. So that is what we now know as cowboy coffee. I mean, we call it that. Yeah. I don't know if they called it that back then. <clears throat> but that I thought was really interesting. They did do yeah. that back then. and um, Well, that yeah, because that's what you do with cowboy coffee. You yeah. just boil it all together and then you wait for the grounds to sink. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you just pour it into a cup. Yep. And you might get a little bit of sediment at the bottom still, but it's very yeah. minor and it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's crazy. I love that they had grinders at the bottom. I know. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's like, so cool. Who would have thought? I mean, it's interesting in and of itself that they had yeah. that to use for you know horse feed and stuff like yeah that's really interesting that in fact that's like a genius invention you know like, yeah i want to see a gun from that era with a grinder on it i want to see that now. yeah i don't know you know how prevalent that was but i mean come on antiques roadshow's got to have somebody yeah, somewhere that brought in a grinder <laughs> gun you know come, come on, on pbs <laughs> i want to see it uh, oh, yeah, my word, so that's crazy. I, it just was really interesting to look up all that information yeah. about, you know, how they used to 
Well, because really, the the history of coffee in this country is different from yeah. the history of coffee, say, in Europe or in South America or oh, whatever. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I just find it interesting how circumstances changed this mm-hmm. beverage that is known worldwide, but, yes. you know, different regions ended up doing different things yeah. with it based on what was going on, you know, politically or yep. economically or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so crazy. Yeah. Um, One of the articles I read said that the word coffee was used in more letter writing during the Civil War than the word slavery, Abraham Lincoln, bullets, war. Like, there was a whole list of oh words. Oh, my word. And I was like, that is so strange. Like, I guess they really kind of did depend on it to, like, their food wasn't, you know, great and they didn't have a lot to eat. Yeah. But they just really depended on their coffee, so. I really think that that makes sense, honestly, though. Because if you are writing back home, you're not going to talk about all the depressing yeah. stuff. You're yeah. not going to talk about, like, oh, yeah, I had to, like, charge up a hill today right. and blah, blah, blah. Like, you would talk about, like, you know, the coffee is, you know, we're not getting as much, but it's a nice, you know, because it would be a, a point of normalcy in your day that yeah. you could sort of talk about or write about. Yeah. Or you could, you know, it it probably became a routine that felt very like Mm. comforting and steady and stable. Like this is, even if it's not real coffee beans, just the act and the ritual of making it or that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I bet felt really sort of just kind of comforting because it's a normal thing. Right. You know, I mean, that's what we do today too. Like exactly. We have our, our comfort of like making the coffee in the morning and sitting down and doing your daily routine and, so yeah exactly that does make sense that they would they would kind of cling to that in a way I I think I would it makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense to me yeah yeah um one more thing that was interesting was that they the one of the articles said that um that the uh oh I just totally lost my train of thought sorry that's okay Um, no problem where was it (laughs) This makes me feel good, Becky, because I'm telling you what, my brain is just, I mean, it has become bush over the last several years. It's, this makes me so happy right now. I'm not kidding. I, so many times I look over at Ben in the middle of a sentence and I go, I don't know what the word is. Can't, cannot think of the word. All the time. And I'll be like, I I know there's a tumor up there blocking something. It's just, it, you know? I used I cannot, to think that and, it was chemo brain, but now I'm like, I, I, I don't know, know what my excuse is then. if it was chemo brain. <laughs> I don't know what my excuse is. Oh, dear. Anyway. Whatever point I was going to make, it was going to be great. And <laughs> Just come back to it later and we'll pretend that that's exactly where we wanted to talk about that. Oh, I remember. I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, after the Civil War, they started to actually write about coffee in literature. And that's when it started to become more popular. And okay, um, they started to mention it more in books and stuff. So I thought that was okay. kind of funny. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why not before that. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. It's just interesting because, yeah, I wonder what what a what made that become mm-hmm. more of a topic that came up in literature, and more you know, like socially 
I guess people were talking about it more. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, because I love coffee, I notice it in literature too. So I always think it's interesting to find, um, you know, little references to it in, you know, older books, like 1800s yeah. type books. Yeah. Um, but even yesterday I was watching a movie mm-hmm. and it was like a TCM movie or whatever um, about, oh, what was it? Oh, Bly Spirit, mm-hmm. which is set in 1945 okay. um, in England. And I was so fascinated. I, I mean, the movie was all right, but like I was so fascinated by the coffee hmm. because they were preparing it in this way and I had no idea how it was working. I'm like, what is that thing? What is that contraption? <laughs> and I was like kind of obsessed with like that over like the plot. I was, <laughs> you know, like I'm just like, I need to know what that thing is. I need to know what you're Did doing. Did you figure it out? No, all I can think is maybe it was some kind of an early like like percolator or something okay it sort of looked like maybe it was almost percolating i don't know okay but i was just so fascinated so mm. for me it's not even just literature it's even mm. in movies and stuff yeah I had a yeah weird brain that just yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like who do i ask about that there's no way to ask right. about that <laughs> you know yeah. is there a coffee expert <laughs> somebody needs to let through, me know watch through the watch Blythe spirit watch the movie <laughs> And tell me what they're using in that movie to make their coffee. Okay, I think we have killed the coffee yeah, thing here. We have. Um, sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> we just, uh, you know, we get a little I find it interesting. Well, it's a microcosm to me. Mm. Like it, it's it speaks about more than just the coffee. Mm-hmm. Like it speaks about what's going on in society. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, all the different things that feed into how people live their daily yep. lives. So I just find that super interesting. Yeah. Um, it- as a way of kind of looking at it. Yeah. If you guys want to read more, um, we can link one of the articles that I mentioned um, on our our website, groundsfordiscussionpodcast.com. Yeah. And you can read it Great there. idea. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so to dive into the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the book is called News of the World. And it sets, it's set in... 18 like 60s and 70s maybe Mm -hmm. um texas mostly i believe eastern texas i think um although i'm not a great i'm not great on texas geography i think it was eastern texas it's just big um (laughs) yeah i'm going with it um and it's it takes place there um there's a man named captain kidd and he has, like you said, he has been involved in three mm-hmm. major uh, American wars. Mm-hmm. He was involved in the War of 1812, and he was involved in the Mexican-American War and then the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So he's seen a lot of um, battle. Um, so, yeah, he has a family. Sounds like he's got a couple of daughters mm-hmm. who live in, I believe, Georgia, um, but he, for some reason, is mostly living out in Texas, and I think he's basically trying to figure out how he can reclaim some property that had belonged to his wife who passed away. Yeah. Um, she was Spanish, and so she, her family had owned this, like, this estate in Texas. So he's trying to kind of reclaim that. But he's working his way, I believe, kind of westward, and he... What he does for a living is he goes into a town and he'll put up flyers saying that he's going to read newspapers and people will come and pay money to hear him read 
news of the world. Mm -hmm. Because obviously at this time, um, it's hard to get news, um, even from back east, let alone from around the world. So he he basically like subscribes to all these papers, all these different papers, mm-hmm. um, you know, London papers and Boston papers and just all these different um, newspapers. And he will charge people to, to listen to him. Basically, it's like a presentation. Um, and so what ends up happening is um, in the course of his doing this and going town to town and, and reading, he um, ends up in charge of a little girl who is, um, has been, at one point, she was taken from her white family by um, a group of Kiowa Indians who had raided, you know, their town. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's taken captive. Her family's killed and she's taken captive. But it's been several years now and she's been assimilated into the Kiowa way of life and she considers herself Native American. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he, Captain Kidd is tasked with bringing her back to her white relatives. Um, and so that's kind of the main plot. Mm-hmm. And as they're kind of moving along, they encounter a lot of different dangers and have all these adventures. And so that's, that's the main, the main thrust there. Yeah. So Becky, what did you, first of all, what did you think of Captain Kidd? Um, I, I really liked his character because he seemed like just a steady, stable, faithful man. But he also knew when to stand up for something when it was wrong. Like, um, yes, I I thought it was funny. One of the places that he went to read the newspaper, um, I can't remember all the details, but I remember that somebody wanted him to read a certain newspaper and he was pretty much like, I'm not going to read that newspaper. It's not, you know, um, real news. And he just totally like bashed like their thinking and was like, no, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) And they were all mad at him and he's like, whatever. Um, Or like even taking on Joanna and, and having this commitment of, taking her to her relatives and he was gonna yes do or die like he he exactly was committed to uh you know what he said he was gonna do the promise that he made to her so um yeah i, I just i i liked um a character that you could actually root for and be like oh he's such oh, a good yeah. man you know yeah <laughs> i enjoyed that yeah so yeah I did too, and I thought he was such a sympathetic character, not just because of his character, but because he's sort of an enigma. Like mm. the story starts out, and he's seventy years old. Yeah, yeah. And which back then, you know, you know that's really old back yes. then. So you know, he's he's been a veteran of three mm. huge American conflicts. Yeah. And he's seen all this battle, and it's like he's come through all of that stuff. Um, better basically. I mean, mm-hmm. he it's like it's like all of that stuff. It, you know, it's the classic. It can make you better, or can make you better, right. and it's made him better. Mm-hmm. Like he's just he's not. He, he's seen some awful things, but it's like it made him better because he's just such a good man. Yeah. You know, like he. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just found that so interesting because we don't know what's in his past exactly. Yeah. We know he's got a fam. He had a. We know he had a family. Yep. We know he has daughters back east, mm-hmm. but they, I mean, they barely come into the story, but we know that. Right. 
but he's sort of a mystery. And it's like, mm-hmm. how could you have come through all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And we know you've been through some stuff right. and be so like, just such a good man, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's, I, yeah, I really liked his character. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that that was probably one, like, okay, if you think of, so he was paid to take her back to her relatives. And, right. um, you think of like, <laughs> so charging somebody with this, like, huge task. Right. And, um, you know, she really came to trust him and put her her faith in him and got to know right. him. And I, I think, you know, that that says a lot to his character, too, because mm-hmm. like a little girl who has been through not one, but two really um, kidnappings. Right. And because there's the, the, the family that she was taken from originally and then. Just as she's she's become integrated and yeah. feels like she's got a home again, yeah. she's ripped from that. Yeah. So, you know, just, again, even yeah. just the psychological, um, like, you know, terror of that. Oh, yeah. Her and, and then to be put into a different man's hands. But she really, um, she really trusts him pretty quickly, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which says a lot about him, I think, because... I don't know how she acted with the other, you know, groups of people, or I think it was the army that, like, rescued, quote-unquote, rescued her from the the Native Yeah, Americans. I was trying to remember, because there was a freed man who ended up yes. having her, and that's, yeah. who the cap- that's who the captain but I kind of got he her was, from. I think he but, was black or something, and he, he thought it wouldn't be yeah. wise to travel the frontier with this little white girl. Right. Know? So right. that's one reason why he, which is he asked, yeah, Captain totally to, to take her, right? Um, but I think, but maybe I can't remember. I think he was part, yeah. I think he was part of like the army or something, yeah, yeah. Um, but but he was this freed black man, and I I thought that was so wise too. Like he was clearly a very good yeah. man, and he didn't he didn't want he knew how this would look, right? Right. He knew how that would look. Um, that would not be good for anybody. (laughs) And he knew it, you know, which is just so sad, but you know, he, yeah. So anyway, the world was, yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just thought, I, and I think it was so interesting how she ended up gaining or how he ended up gaining her trust Mm -hmm. because he, it's not like he really did that much. Right. He was just a constant presence. Yeah. And he didn't even say that much. They didn't even talk that much, you know? Yeah, but Um, they did learn how to communicate because obviously she didn't speak English. So, you know, he... he, And in fact, I don't think she would have... I don't think her family... I don't think her white family spoke English. You're right. They didn't because weren't they German descent or something? They were were German, yeah. yeah. So she had to learn... A whole new line. He slowly taught her English, but it was pretty, uh, the work was pretty minimal. She learned it pretty quickly yeah. on her own. Yeah. And he he wasn't, like, stressing it and trying to force it down or anything. Mm-hmm. They just, 
you know, communicated how they could for a long time until yeah. she she parts, you know, until she picked stuff up. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that he was just with, like her name or like point. He yeah. would point to like the horse, horse, you know, and they would say yes. It, so, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but I just I thought it was so. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, I just thought it was so precious how he. It, it wasn't anything he did. Yeah. It was just his character. Yes. Yeah. And I think people can can pretty quickly uh, figure out who you are just by not even all of what you say, but just what you do and how you act yeah. and respond to things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, you don't even have to speak the same language and you can tell sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes kids are even more perceptive than yes. adults. If I had, if someone, you know, who was an older person had had to travel with them, I think it would have taken them longer to figure out who yeah. he was. I could be wrong about mm-hmm. that. Hmm. Yeah, it's almost like language would have been more of a barrier. Like if they I I sort of wonder if it wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. If they could have spoken to each other, they wouldn't yeah, maybe have grown as much or bonded as much. Yeah, it's almost like I mean, even just in the way that he treated the animals or anything like yeah. that, she just she just watched who he was. Yeah. And could tell, okay, this guy's trustworthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, so tell me about um like just a a, fa- a favorite scene of yours okay. between yeah. Johanna and Captain Kidd. Well, my favorite scene was probably the most active scene when. Um, so that I think you're gonna say what I really. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, because it was like the most like I was a page turner in that moment. Like I just kept going yes. because I wanted to know what yes. happened. Um, but. It was when these guys started following him. They noticed that he had a little girl with him, so they started following Captain Kidd from town to town. And they yeah. came to him in one of the towns, and they're like, listen, we want this girl. How much is she? And he's like, uh... Like, uh, he responds in such a brilliant way. Like, he doesn't yeah. give anything away. He's like, well... Yeah. I'll meet you at such and such a place at this time and we can discuss it. But he knows that these guys are like no good and that they want her pretty much for, I would assume, sex trafficking or something along those lines, you know. Right. So. Well, you're asking how much I'll sell a child to you for. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Yeah. So. um, But he was, he was totally, I mean, just. The fa- I would have been like, oh, yeah. uh, are you serious? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll tell you how much I'll pay. I'll pay a punch uh-huh. and a yeah. kick. You yeah. know, like, and then I would have been in big fat trouble. So, you know. Yeah. And I, <laughs> he doesn't I don't do that. know why he didn't do that. I guess maybe because. Well, I just think that, like, after all of those years of battles and stuff, he knows which battles to fight yeah. from a full on frontal assault. Mm. And which ones to fight from a, you know, hiding behind the trees and picking yeah. off people when well, they he, can't see yeah. where you're at kind of he way. He was you know? outnumbered, too. It was three to one. Yep. So, because yep. this guy had two other um, 
I think there were Native American guys with him. Um, and yeah, and he knows that there's basically nobody he can really appeal to. Yeah, it's not like he can go and be like, "Hey, sheriff, these guys are trying mm-hmm. to buy her." Well, what yeah. can he do about it? Right, and it's not like he can leave her there. He has to deliver her to right her relatives, so he knows they're going to be on the road and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just think he, yeah, it was brilliant. Anyway, tell so you can tell what yeah, happened. Yeah. So Sorry. then, no, it's fine. <laughs> So then they sneak out of town, like in the middle of the night, and they get a good head yeah. start, but the, the guys catch up to them, and it comes to a, you know, a, like, gunfight, pretty much, him against yeah. these three guys. So it it was really, in, like, interesting to read, and really, like, it really gripped me, you know? But then the funny mm-hmm. part... I'm giving away a little bit here, but the funny part to me was when she goes up to one of the guys and she, like, gets out a knife and she's going to scalp him. (laughs) Yeah, because they had finally, like, somehow turned the tide, I think. Yeah. Or something. Yes. And she's like, yeah. And Um, it just, it made me laugh a little bit. And I don't know if that was, you know, the author's intent, but it's so... Like, it speaks so much to nurture versus nature and the fact that she was so, I mean, she considered herself a Native American and that's how she was raised and that's what she grew up with. And like, but his response was like, no, no, we don't do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the way that he did it was so funny. But um, this is probably going to sound weird. But I sort of almost thought it was kind of cute. I know that sounds yeah. so weird, but like just she she felt like a warrior. Yeah. Uh-huh. She felt like she you know, she's she's in the fight for her life. Mm-hmm. She's she's old enough that she knows these are not good dudes. Right. And she knows that this is a very important battle. Mm-hmm. And she she feels like a warrior, like she won the battle, and she's just so proud of her, yeah. her little victory. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's not cute to scalp someone. That's right. not what I'm saying, right. but right. it's just I just thought it was so the the sentiment behind it. I thought was so like oh, like you get you know, and even kids who play games that are you know like you know robbers or whatever. You know, you can imagine if they really had a situation where they were able to like save their family or something yeah. like that. They'd be so proud of yeah. themselves, and rightly so, because mm-hmm. that's a that's a human instinct to yes. to you know preserve your own life Protect, and your families. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think at this point she considered him basically her family, mm-hmm. and so I think she felt just that pride of I've protected my family, yes, and I've protected myself. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I almost thought it was kind of cute in the sentiment. You yeah. know, yeah, um, not the actual thing, right? But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, no, we we don't. We, we don't do <laughs> no, no, we that, don't. Know? We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the way that she, I mean, basically, she is the reason that they won that that yes that battle too. I mean, it was genius. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to give it away because seriously, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I want to ask you what you thought about um, Captain Kidd's decision at the end of the book. It's kind of like. The big ending. I don't want to tell exactly what happened, but did you think that he made the right decision? Um, see, that is so tough because 
in the context of this being like a book, mm. I I love I love the ending. Mm. Um, but in the real world, <laughs> that yeah. becomes a little tougher. Do, um, do you think it in the real world it's tougher because there would be other um, repercussions, or because yeah. there? Yeah, because because um, I mean. Spoiler alert, I'm just going to have to yeah. get into it a little bit here. Um, so her family, her German white family, um, they're not good people. Right. And they don't – I'm not really even sure – I'm trying to remember if they initiated all this and, like – because I think the army kind of just came across her yeah. in one of their – Yeah, they didn't you know, initiate And they're going – No. Yeah, it's not it's not like these people said, "Hey, we we you know, she's been gone yeah. for years, but we think she might still be alive and with the Kiowa cuz they raided. Mm-hmm. Could you, you know, could somebody please try to see, you know, right. even if on your way to somewhere if you happen to see, no, it was none mm-hmm. of that. It was we found this girl and they ended up getting her back. Well, it's an aunt and an uncle. Right. It's not her parents because obviously her They're parents dead. died in the raid yeah. or, you know. Um and they're just not good people, um, you know. So they treat her like a workhorse, and yeah, they're like, really concerned about you know having to pay him back for the wagon that he had to buy. Like they, yeah, they just don't like they're really more care it's about like, her. Yeah, it's like they're more concerned about the economic aspect of him bringing her back. Yeah. Like, oh crap, what do we owe you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I just yeah, so. In the sense that, like, there probably wouldn't be a lot of repercussions at this time period in this specific instance. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it was the right thing for him to do because, uh, you know, this is this is sad, but as, a, as German immigrants and whatnot, they probably didn't speak the language that well. Right. They didn't seem to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they probably didn't have a lot of legal recourse to come after her again. But they probably didn't even when, want when, to. When, you know. But that's the thing. It's like they didn't they didn't care about yeah. her at all. Yeah. Other and than so, the fact that they're losing a helping hand. It, yeah. Yeah. It was like they just lost their horse. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. Now we're going to have to plow the fields ourselves. Right. Kind of thing. Right. And so, yeah. And in, in the context of the books, I love the mm-hmm. ending. Now, in real life, I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because if I'm Captain Kidd, I'd be going, but I have no claim on her. Yeah. But I think what I would be doing, honestly, I think what I would have, would do would be to try to find a legal way to, like, mm. either adopt her hmm. or, yeah. like, make it so that I knew for sure she wouldn't have right. to leave again. Right. Because it's in her best interest not to have to go anywhere else ever again. Right. I mean, she's just been handed around so much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what, like, what were, what were your thoughts on well, that? Well, I thought about it quite a bit, actually, and I, like, while I was reading it, I thought, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was yeah, all exactly. excited. You're rooting for him. But um, I think it it did remind me a little bit of my time in Thailand because um, you see these little girls that are, like, they're part of the sex industry and yeah. they're being sold for their right six-year-old bodies and yeah you horrifying. want to 
do whatever it takes to get them out of that and um legal or illegal you want to do whatever it takes you don't care right about the legality yep because this is a soul this is a child yeah and yes um i remember the leader of our group was saying as much as she wants to do that every time she goes into a brothel and sees a child chained to you know a crib or uh, the roof of the ceiling or like the roof of a building um she has to restrain herself because if she does that she will have no um well first of all it's illegal so she would never be able to go back to that country again but then also she'll be kicked out she you know would be um like there's a lot of things that come with that you know and yeah yeah, she wouldn't have any way to speak to all these other women that she has influence over and yeah um i yeah it's it's interesting to think about i i honestly don't know what i would do if I had been in his situation now, like you said, time, timing, like, you know, the timing of this book for, for, is totally, yeah. you know, d- back then, if I, right. you know, if things were different, I was a man, I was in his situation. I think I totally would have done what he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, in today's society, um, I think there are other avenues other ways to you know yeah to help children or uh women or men who are stuck in some sort of bad situation you know yeah um I think that's the main difference between then and now as far as it, yeah as, as far as this type of a story where it's somebody who's um you know in who's being taken advantage mm-hmm. of um, because they just happen to be in a weak position. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard, too, because I think that's exactly where her relatives were, too, because they were immigrants, mm-hmm. and they didn't speak the language very well, right. and they were concerned about, you know, causing a stir in a place where they don't know how everything works exactly mm-hmm. all the time. Um, they're sort of in a, a, a precarious position, right. too. Now, we automatically want to say who cares they're mean Mm. and you're right they were Mm. they were bad (laughs) you know they were not nice but at the same time uh, it just gets hard because it's like okay you're taking taking advantage of one set of people right because you can right in order to do what is considered a greater good and i and and it is it is a you know the good you're going to do is important. Yeah. But uh, it's just, it just gets so dicey to me on like, where would, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a question that I don't even know if I can answer because you don't know what you would do in that situation. And yeah. I think now, you know, in today's society, there there would be you would go to jail you would you know right uh yeah even if it was for a good quote-unquote right. good cause you know um because legally he, he's kidnapped her again. yeah i mean under legal terms yeah 
Yeah. Um, it's it's considered no different than what the Kiowa mm-hmm. did legally. Mm-hmm. But then you also think, um, she does she have any say in it? You know, like, she right. probably, I know she wanted him to to take her under his wing right. again and not right. live with those people. So, right. And she was old enough to be able to say that if anybody questioned that. So, right. I don't know. I don't we, know. Yeah, because we've kind of said little girl, and she was a girl, but I would say, I think she was probably in the 10 to 12, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe somewhere, you know, she wasn't like a tiny right. little kid. Right. Um, so she was old enough where I think if someone questioned her, she could have said, this was my decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to go with him. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think anyone would have questioned right. because of the time period. Yeah. And there was such upheaval after the Civil War anyway. Mm-hmm. People ended up living yes. with families that weren't their own. And so maybe nobody even thought right. about it. Maybe people just thought, huh, I don't know how he ended up with her mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Or thought maybe she was his his child. Yeah. You know? The last, like, 10, I don't know, 10, 20 pages, maybe even less of that, of the book, uh, it sped up, like, really quickly through time, like, through, like, I don't know, 20 yes. years or something. Yeah. What did you think yeah. about that? Were you okay with that whole ending or were you kind of like, oh, that's abrupt, you know? <laughs> um, I was okay because, I, I mean, I think she could have done it one of two ways. The way she did it where she kind of just sped up time mm-hmm. or she could have done almost like an afterward, mm, you know, epilogue yeah. kind of thing um, and say, you know, here's here's kind of what happened mm-hmm. because I do think for me, I I wanted to know. I did too, but I think what, I would have enjoyed it better yeah. if it was an epilogue. Okay, and and honestly, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Uh-huh. I feel like she she decided to go a different way in the writing of yeah. it, and I was okay. I was okay with that. I just felt but like it was overall like the whole book was like this lackadaisical kind of. You know, yeah, and yeah. like the feeling of it was different for me. And then all of a sudden, ten pages. Yeah, let's cram in twenty years of. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, stylistically, I'm not necessarily going to argue with you mm-hmm. that it might have been maybe a better way to go to just kind of, you yeah. know, do an epilogue yeah. or something. Although I don't, I don't totally remember. Maybe. She, uh, I'm trying to no, remember. No, it was back. actually a chap. Like, was it? it was a chapter in the book. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, it was a chapter. It wasn't. So. It wasn't. All after I can come up with. Type thing. Okay. So all I can think then is that maybe she was going for something that kind of gave the sense of. Uh, this is a complete stab in the dark. Mm. I have no idea if this is what she was doing, yeah. but maybe she was trying to go for something that's sort of like, you know how the older you get, the faster time goes? Mm. Yeah. But you have these moments where if you sort of put yourself back in that moment, mm. you can stretch it out for a long time and think about all of the mm. things that happened in that short period of time. Yeah. Like for me, for instance, um, when I think back to Asher's birth, mm. I think about all of this like, all of these different things that happened and all the different points of time during that and all, you know, Mm. I can kind of almost stretch it out in my head a little bit. Yeah. But time itself for me seems like it's going faster and faster because that's just how the world is. As you grow older, time seems to go Mm -hmm. more quickly. When you're a kid, everything takes forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So all I can think is maybe she's trying to sort of show that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I had these moments in time that were so pregnant with meaning that I sort of, I can stretch them out in my mind Mm. and remember them very clearly. But now I'm an old man and my life is zooming by. That's all I can come up with. And again, total stab in the dark. Yeah, but it's an interesting stab in the dark. Like if she was trying to do that, that is really cool if she wasn't she should listen to you and maybe say that she was (laughs) (laughs) just say that's what you were going for we're gonna give you that okay (laughs) that's funny so i mean yeah i don't know Hmm. i i I would need to reread that chapter again to be honest with you yeah so yeah it just was like it yeah i felt like it was written completely differently than than the rest of almost like a different almost like a different author or something yeah it was almost strange to me but maybe nobody else noticed it or didn't care i don't know but i just thought no it definitely i i I, yeah i definitely did i I agree with you it did kind of like whoa okay Mm -hmm. now we're covering some right you know like whoa (laughs) yeah yeah it's almost a little disorienting like woo okay yeah Yeah. so i did watch some of the trailers of this movie did you? I want to see the. Th- I, I want to re- see I it. Really wanna I really want to see it, it yet. too. Um, but it's not out yet on like DVD. Um, okay. But it should be coming soon. Maybe Redbox. Um, I would think that it would come soon because I think it came out around Christmas okay. time. So okay. I mean, it's been a while, but um, I, I thought that it looked really interesting, and I, I'm not saying this in a bad way about the book, but I when I was reading it, I was thinking, how are they going to make this into like a, an interesting movie? Because it just, I don't know. It was very rhythmic and it was like, you know, just, I, I I feel like they would need to add a lot of dialogue and I'm not sure where they're going to get it. Yeah. Which was interesting too, how she wrote because she never used quotation marks in the dialogue. She, Mm -mm. you know, it was almost like a thought. Um, mm-hmm. but you had to figure out pretty quickly, like, oh, they're talking right now. Yeah. Oh, this is a conversation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously they'd have to add a lot of that. But then, um, I did notice in one of the trailers that, uh, the way that he finds her, I think is different. But other than that, it looked okay. really, uh, true to the story and it looked really interesting. Okay. So I'm excited yeah, to watch I really it see when it. it comes out. Yeah. I want to hear Tom Hanks try to do a good Southern accent. I just do. <laughs> Tom Hanks can do I'm not anything, lie. Laura. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You, I just recently watched, what was the name of that movie? I can't remember, but it was awful. What? Like, he had to have an accent, and it was not good. Was it one it of his earlier good. movies? Um, yes, okay. it was. I'm like, oh, dear. Huh. <laughs> His accent, he was supposed to have like a New England accent. Oh. And it was, it came and went so fast. It just was all over the place. Well, I want to know what anyway. it was. <laughs> I mean, What's any man that, that can movie? talk to, to a volleyball you know. as his only conversation through the okay. whole yes. movie. And yeah, but he still... didn't have to do an accent. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm so uh, But I was still no, engaged. I, I mean, come on. That's a good actor. That is a good actor. It's true. No, he is a really good actor, though. So I think he'll do a good job as Captain yes. Kidd. Yeah. But I, I'm mostly just jesting about the whole accent thing. Well, I'll definitely be listening for it. And I'll... Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so are you, I think we are at the point yes. here. Let's of do a little rating. Throwing out some, throwing, throwing out some ratings yeah. here. So what are you going to give views of the world? Well, on a scale of one to five is what we do. So one yeah. being, mm. wah, wah, yeah. wah, as Ellie would say. <laughs> Yep, exactly. We call that a Folgers. Number five, a Pete's, yep. because that is our favorite coffee, and you cannot tell us otherwise. So um, <laughs> for this book, I would give it a Javalia. Oh, okay, um, yeah. I really... That's a number four. Yes, that's a, a four. number four. A so number four, a, folks. Four out of five. A number four. It's a four. <laughs> I, I did ladies. It. Sorry. <laughs> I Sorry. did enjoy it. I... I even though it was a very slow pace, it worked well, and I really liked yeah uh, how it was written. I liked the story. Um, I thought it was just really well done, and I I enjoyed reading it. And I, it actually read pretty quickly for me. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I yeah, I enjoyed it. I felt it. like it was yeah. It moved along. Yeah. 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 So even though not a not a lot is happening usually, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. You look back and you're like, I mean, there's that one scene, <laughs> right? <laughs> that we yeah. both loved, but there wasn't yeah. a lot of action. But no. you know, I think that's uh, partly because you really enjoyed him as a character too. You know, yeah, it's it's character driven. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like it's it, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so what would you give it? So I actually am going to give it a P. All right. A five. All right. Um, I just really liked this book. Yeah. I thought it was um, fun to read, and I the characters are so engaging, and I yeah. just thought Johanna was so sweet yes. and so, yeah. so winsome, and just the way that she would try to, you know, she's trying to pronounce English, yes. and she's... You know, has no context for it at all, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it just, I mean, I just, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, It's like a, it's a Western, but it's a, yes, it's not your average Western. I am not a fan of Westerns and I would definitely categorize this as a Western and I enjoyed it. So that kind of took me by surprise a little bit because I, I don't really... I don't know that I've actually read a lot of Westerns, to be honest with yeah. you. I've never read any of the really big names, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, so, yeah. All right. I'm giving it a Pete's. Good ratings. Four and a five. Trevally yeah. and Pete's, it is. Yes. Yes. It's a good one. Um, so, did you want to talk about next time? Yes. So, our next book that we chose is Tess of the D'Urbervilles. And it's more of a classic, um, and it is sure to be an interesting read. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm excited, because we haven't done a classic yeah. in a while, and I love classics. Yeah, so. we like to yeah. do a variety of different readings, So, um, and some of the classics that we've done in the past, we've noticed a lot more people have uh, not necessarily enjoyed those, but like those are ones that people uh tend to talk about a little bit more so um definitely pick up a copy um you can either do it through our website or i know that a lot of libraries have it because it is a classic so 
Right. Check into Yeah, that. this one's an easy one to find. Yes. Even if, you know, people want to do audio, this is this is a fun one to do in yeah. audio too. So that's our next book. So yeah, join us in a couple weeks as we talk about Tessa's Durbervilles. And thank you for joining us today on Grounds for Discussion. Where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend.